We're so glad you've chosen the Teen Challenge of Southern California podcast today. Up next in the series are the brand new sessions from the 2020 Refresh Pastors Conference hosted each year at the Benedict Castle in Riverside. Our second session is from Gary Wilkerson again, and it's called Bursting Limitations. Be encouraged today. Uh, second session here, I want to talk to you about bursting limitations. Bursting limitations. Or if you need a second title like I did this morning, uh, full to the brim, full to the brim, bursting limitations because you're so full. So full of Jesus, so full of life, so full of encouragement, so full of faith, so full of uh, dynamic inspiration that you're just full to the top. But uh, I want to pray for us first and ask God to bless the teaching of the word here in this second session. Father, we thank you for speaking to us this morning, <clears throat> just how you cause our mat to be our message, and you, you give us strength to stand up and walk and be healed and come into the fullness that you have for us. Uh, and Lord, we thank you that you're the God of more than enough, and you're the God of, uh, who's faithful always, uh, and you want to burst our limitations, our self-imposed limitations, our cultural limitations, our talent limitations, our giftedness limitations, our financial limitations, our, our, uh, our hope, aspirations, limitations, all of these things, God, you, want to, you just want to burst them and fill us to the brim of new things, of new hope. Of, of new confidence, and we give thanks for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Second Kings chapter four. I want to just read uh, seven verses in Second Kings chapter four, verse one through seven. One day, the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elijah and cried out, "My husband, who served you, is dead, and you know how he feared the Lord. But now, a creditor has come." Threatening, everybody say threatening, would you? Threatening. threatening, all right? But now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you, Elijah asked. Tell me, what do you have in your house? Nothing at all, she says, except a flask of olive oil. And Elijah said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors, then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Sounds like prayer there, doesn't it? Shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Everybody say full with me, okay? Full, full to the brim, not half, not partially, full to the brim. How many jars were full? All of them, every jar. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. I like this. Her faith is starting to get increased. Uh, she's seen some victories now. She's starting to, to uh, look at her past victories and giving her confidence for some future victories. And so she says, bring me another one. Let's, let's, let's you know, that's, that's faith. Bring me, bring me another giant. We just slayed one. Bring me another giant. I just... This, that's confidence in the Lord. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. Uh-oh, but look at this. She has faith now for more. There aren't any more. That's an uh-oh there. Uh-oh, wait a minute, there aren't any more, he told her. Then the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, now sell the olive oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what's left over. I think she's thinking, I wish I had a little more left over. <laughs> now, in retrospect, I could have had more. 
I set my own limitations. My faith moved me ahead of what I had, but it didn't move me as far as it could have. Faith, not threats, determines your future. She says here, my husband was one of your prophets, Elijah. He worked with you. You, you know him. Some say there were 50 or so prophets with Elijah at that time in the school of prophets. And he, and he was one of the, maybe a younger prophet, and he had a, had a fairly young family, obviously, because his two sons were still living at home with their mother, not a, at the age of getting married and out on their own yet. So her, two, her and her two sons say to Elijah, uh, you know, <laughs> everything's going pretty good. My husband was in the ministry. I mean, he was one of the 50. I mean, he was one of the, he was, you know, in, in, this, in this land that defeated the prophets of Baal, <clears throat> in this heritage, in this line of Elijah the prophet, and working now with the great prophet Elijah, you know, maybe even my husband might be in a line to be, you know, you had Elijah, and then you had Elisha, and now maybe my husband could be one of the next great prophets of the nation. She, she was full of confidence. She would she, she was the type of woman, I imagine, when she wake up in the morning, woke up in the morning, she would be so proud to be next to her husband, who was a man of God. I'm sure she prayed with him. I'm sure she went walks with him and heard some of the prophetic words that he was getting from the Lord. And, and, and he would, she would she'd be so pleased that this husband would gather the two boys around her and begin to speak prophetically into their life about who they could be and what God had for them and what God was going to do in the nation. And maybe he was designing them, arranging and believing for them to become prophets as well. She had a house. The Bible says she owned her own home. She was living there. She had a family. She had a... a uh, uh, obviously, she was, she's now being uh, afflicted by creditors, so before that, she must have had a fairly good uh, financial stability, and so, so she was at that place where you might say she almost had a dream life. Things were going really good. I mean, your family was healthy. The kids were serving the Lord. She was at the church prophetic services every time they met together, and just... Couldn't get better, couldn't get better, except there's this thing, there's these two words, you see them time and time again in the Bible, and it's these two words here we read in the first verse here, and it says, but now. Anybody have a but now in your life? <laughs> Was going well, but now. Kids were doing great, but now. Marriage was amazing, but, but now. Uh, there used to be a fire in my soul when I preached the word of God, but, but now I, I used to love to shut that door behind me in that prayer closet and just, just seek the Lord's face day in and day out. Just me and the Lord were just like that, but now I'd go to the doctor and then the doctor would say, you're just the picture of health. Time after time, report after report, but now something's different. Well, all of us in this room have faced these but nows. Some of you lost a spouse or a child. Some of you have faced pain and sorrow in your ministry and difficult situations far beyond your comprehension. You see, everything can be going good, and, but then we experience this but now in our life. We don't expect it, but it, but it, but it comes. You, 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 discover, you, you, you discover things that you would never imagine you would have have discovered, things begin to spiral out of control, fears begin to arise, uh, things that she would have never imagined, having to spend her nights on her bed now alone, wondering. And here's the word she comes with, is, is these creditors come, and the word used here, but now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons 
away. She seems to believe she doesn't have enough to meet this challenge. There are threats that are affecting her life. The but now always has a threat attached to it. There, there, there's some kind of fear that it's trying to rise in our heart. I just want to real briefly talk about three types of fear that these but nows. Things were going good, but now they're not going so well. Therefore, there's a threat. They're going to take my sons away. These creditors are going to take my home away. I'm going to have nothing. And the first one is crisis. And she, let me have a cup if I could. Just have a, can I have a, somebody got a, a glass? So, so she has this, thank you. She has this, she has this cup in her house. And, and when she's faced with this crisis, she thinks to herself, I don't have enough to, to, in my own cup, in my own anointing, in my own power, in my own prayer life, in my own faith. I don't have enough to meet this crisis. I don't have enough to meet this but now head on. Anybody in this room, you're looking at me like you're, you're preaching to a people that never have any problems. Am, have I, am, I in the wrong, am I in the wrong room here? Is this, is this the... Is this the I don't know. I think this is the cup is full room, and, and you have, uh, let me preach it to your future. You've never had a but now, but you're going to have a but now. Your, your but now might be but soon, okay? So, so, so listen to me. You're, in this jar, I don't have enough resources for me to meet this threat. If I had enough jar, I, I wouldn't need Elijah if I had oil in this jar that I could go sell and, and, and pay for my own debt that I owe, and then my sons wouldn't be, but, but Chris is, is seen as a, a threat. Being overwhelmed, this is the second threat. I'm just overwhelmed by too much, too many things pressing in my mind. I gotta do this and I gotta accomplish that. My to-do list is far much, uh, far greater than my energy resource to be able to do this. My cup is not full enough. I don't have enough energy, resource, power, authority, anointing to accomplish all that needs to be accomplished to meet this need in my life. Or I am under-resourced. The resources aren't sufficient to meet the need that is at hand. Number three is inability to overcome negative life patterns. Um, and what I mean by this is when threats come into your life, you have a, a good life, something happens, there's a but now, and then you find yourself threatened by this thing, and the crisis comes into your life, then there's this insecurity in us. It's called fear. And you know what fear does? I don't know, what, I don't know the reality behind this story. When she was talking to Elijah, I'm not sure what was real and what was imagined. Because I know in my life, when I have a but now, my mind takes over. Particularly at 3 a.m. in the morning when I wake up. And at 60, I'm waking up a whole lot more now in the middle of the night. And, 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 so, and so, there's, there's, so, so there's more opportunities for that, that uh, mid-morning, uh, late-night worry and anxiety. For me, it's always... My fear always takes the threat and exaggerates it. So far. And so I, I wonder if this woman was like, the creditor knocked on her door and said, hey, uh, you owe us $50. And, and, and she goes, oh, I don't have $50. Uh, uh, yeah, come back next week. And, and she goes back to her room thinking, he's going to take my house. He's going to take my two sons. They're going to become slaves. They're going to become slaves, and 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 I'll be I'll become homeless then. I'll be on the I'll be on the streets by myself, and 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 and, and men will beat me up and abuse me on the streets, and 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 I'll die a homeless beggar alone with two sons who are slaves. And maybe all that happened was somebody said you owe us fifty dollars. Uh, you know what we do? 
we take our but now and we make it a but now. Right? Fear, anxiety, stress begins to multiply the, the doubts and the discouragements and the, and the worry and the words and, and they become cyclical. We, we, we begin to worry about what we're worrying about and we get anxious what we're anxious about and, and, we, and, we, and, and it builds. It's like a small but now and then it becomes worse and we imagine how bad it's going to be uh, and, and we lose faith and, and, the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the jar becomes even more empty. The faith jar, the hope jar, the belief jar, the confident jar, the God can do anything jar becomes empty, and then we really are stuck into a but now we have nothing. The answer to your threat, interestingly, what, what Elijah has asked her is, is amazing. I love what Elijah, he says to her in, her, in her lack, in her doubt, in her discouragement, what do you have in your house? What do, you, what, do you, what do you already have? Do you have anything in your house? The answer to your threat is already in your home. It's not something you're looking for to get out there. God, if you will only get me this, if you'll only do this, then my butt now could become a solution, have a solution to it. But, but God is saying through prophet Elijah, and he's saying to us here in this house today, you already have what it takes. They're, 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 he's already placed in you faith. It just needs to be stirred up. He's already placed in you belief to overcome the threat. It just needs to be stirred up in you. Stir up that gift of faith in you. Stir up that fire that was once in you. Stir up that passion in your heart. Stir up a confidence in God. Stir up those things that seem to be lost. Every time that voice of but now doubt, threat, fear begins to build a scenario in your life that is, seems to be overwhelming you, you put on your the mind of Christ. You put on that confidence in the Lord. You begin to speak to yourself because there's already a voice speaking to you really loud, isn't it? That, that, that voice of the enemy is going to be speaking at you. You can't do it. You're not going to make it. The cup is empty. You're going to get your sons in slavery. You're going to become homeless. But there's another voice. And that voice is saying to you, I am the Lord God, your maker. I go before you. I walk before you. I will keep you. You are secure in my hand. The enemy has nothing formed against you that's going to prosper. You're going to make it through this. You will not be defeated. You will not be overcome by this. You will not be overwhelmed. You might go through the fire, but you're coming out of the fire. You might go through the Jordan River, but you're coming out on the other side. You might have to go into the Red Sea, but you're coming out the other side of the Red Sea. You have something in your house. What do you have in your house? You have, you have gifts. You have... You have salvation, you have a call of God, you have a destiny, you have a word, you have a promise, you have a hope, you have a dream. These are all things you have. It may seem empty right now, but, but they're already there, and they just need to be filled. They need to be filled up once again so that you can have that. She says, I like what she says, tell me, what do you have in your house? And her next three words are this, nothing at all. That's what... That's when you allow a but now to become a but now, you, and, and you're asked the question, what do you have? You're always going to come up with this answer. I have nothing. Can't do it. It's impossible. No way out of this. Uh, it's hopeless. Uh, I've prayed. I've cried. I've went to counseling. I've doubled up my efforts. I have, I've done all my prayer meetings. I've, it's just, I have nothing. I have nothing to, the, the, the enemy is here and my resources are here. I have nothing at all. 
But I like what she says next. And this is where the Holy Spirit gave her just a little bit of room for the Holy Spirit to move powerfully in her life. She said, I have nothing at all except. That you may think that's not a big word in the scripture, but that's a powerful word. The word except is the most powerful word to combat your but now. Uh, because you're thinking, I'm t- under too much threat, too much crisis, too much horror, too much pain, too much sorrow, too much suffering. I don't have anything. Well, except. I have an except. If you just have an accept, if you just have an accept, then all of a sudden it begins to change the trajectory of your crisis. Well, I do have this, so maybe there's a little bit of hope. I have a little bit of, I have a little bit of a prayer life left. I have a little bit, every once in a while when I wake up 3 a.m. and I'm worried and I'm, and I'm under these threats of crisis, all of a sudden this, this song comes into my heart. Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father, there is no shadow of turning with him. Great is thy faithfulness. And all of a sudden, that song becomes your accept. Just every once in a while, you're just crying yourself to sleep, and you're wondering where your kids are, and if your home's going to make it, if your church is going to fall apart, and, and you're just worried, and you're under anxious. That but now is bigger than the resources you have. Then all of a sudden, just that tear rolls over onto the, off your cheek and onto the pillow, and all of a sudden, it just becomes a tear of joy instead of a tear of sorrow. Just begin to say, God, you can do this. God, you can make it through. Yeah, God, nothing's impossible for you. I believe even when it doesn't look like, it seems like I have nothing at all. You see, the Bible's full of this, this concept of the accept. <coughs> Ooh, excuse me. <coughs> wow. That woke you up. The, the, the Bible's full of this concept of, of the accept. Uh, I have nothing except a mustard seed of faith. That's not too bad. I, I, have, I have nothing except a desire to keep praying when I'm in the storm. I, I have nothing except a, a little bit of a revelation of the heart of God, and he can make me, help me through this. I, I have nothing except this little gift to, to speak the word of God when, when he calls on me to speak. I have nothing but this gift of singing. I, I have nothing but this gift of intercessory prayer. I have nothing but this gift of counseling and discernment. I, I, have, I have nothing except... Except the reality is you don't have nothing. You have something. You, you have an accept, and that accept is, is, is the best thing about you. I may not can do this, except I can do that. I may not have this, but I have that. I have faith. I have confidence. I have boldness. I have, I have a stirring in my heart. I have a passion for Jesus. I, I can speak a little bit. I can, I can share the love of Jesus with lost people a little bit. I can pray for the sick, and occasionally some of them will get healed. I, I got a few accepts in my life, and I want you to, to, to glory in the accepts that God's given you. Because it's the starting place of the supernatural. If, if you'll get a hold of your accept, I don't have a lot, but I got a little something in the cup, then the God begins to use that to multiply. It's the mustard seed that begins to multiply in your life. God can do so much with our little, but all you need is to hold on to your accept. I got a little bit of accept in my heart. How many of you in this room today have a little bit of accept in your heart? I, I, got, an, I, got, I, got, I got this is going wrong, but accept I got this going on. I, I, feel, I feel threatened about this, but accept I got this going on. There's a big but now in my life, but there's an accept in my life. And, and this accept is going to set me on the course that God has for my victory, for my destiny, for my overcoming. In the name of Jesus, amen. From her perspective, she, she lost her husband, maybe her home, her son's taken. She's feeling homeless, helpless, hapless. There's, there, there's, it's, it's an unbelief perspective. 
It, it's all what's wrong. It's, it's rehearsing over and over again what's wrong. Oftentimes, even our prayer life starts off with, Lord, would you please help my finances? It's, it's a prayer of, of, of faith. Help, Lord, we need a breakthrough miracle in our finances because right now I just got that bill and it's more than my next paycheck. And maybe if in two weeks from now I could call the creditor and ask him to do that. And then, you know what, if I could borrow from my 501ck, whatever it's called, the 401k, and I could borrow some money from that. And, you know, and, and, uh, and you know, my church has a benevolence fund. Are you still praying? No. It started praying, right? And could, I, sometimes I wonder what God's thinking up there. It's like, hello? You, Hello, anybody there? You know, we're, was this a conversation? Because it stopped. Now it's not a conversation. Now it's just you worrying, and I'm sitting here listening to you worry. Now, God doesn't want you to offer your worries to him. Right? He wants you to offer his faith, offer belief, offer, your, offer your, a heart of, of, of trust towards him. So, so that's what I'm, what I'm saying to you, that faith, not threats, determine your future. Your, your, your future is not determined by the threats around you. Your, your future is determined by your faith. If you'll put your confidence that the Lord is going to take the accept that you have and he's going to be doing miracles with it very soon. Number two, faith, not lack, determines your favor. Faith, not lack. She thought she was lacking. But the prophet said to her, excuse me, I'm going to cough again. Hold your ears. <coughs> excuse me, can I have a little bit of water? Is it up here? Um, faith not lack determines your favor. You already have what you need. The prophet says to her, the prophet says to her uh, you, you have what you need. What do you, what do you have? And she says, I have nothing except. And what she had is, is a little bit of oil in a jar and a, and, and a jar to fill it up with. And so the prophet says to her, okay, good. Um, Elijah says, well, that jar is, is kind of empty and there's not a lot, but why don't we pray over it? and see if we could get it filled up. And then she goes, well, yeah, that'd be good. That might take care, <coughs> excuse me, that might take care of one week's of the creditor's debt that I owe. Might be, <clears throat> and so sometimes we ask for too little. Sometimes our faith is, it's just, it's just enough faith. It's just enough to get me through this week. <clears throat> but God is wanting something more than that for us. And you see, she was looking at her lack and, and she was thinking that determined her favor. But if she was looking at her faith, that could determine her favor instead. Does that make sense to you? Her, her, her favor was going to come out not of her lack. It was going to come out of her faith. She could have a confidence in God. That's what Elijah tells her in uh, verse 3. Elijah said to her, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house and your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil into the flask, into the jars, setting each one aside as they were filled. Uh, I've got a couple of Elijah's sons here today. They're going to come and help me. I'm, I'm the widow. Do I look a little bit like a widow? <coughs> Excuse me. All right. Um, so Elijah the prophet has just told me that uh, I've got a little bit of oil here. I'm going to drink a little bit of it first, then we'll pour the rest of it in the cup. So uh, Elijah the prophet said... Um, said, borrow as many empty, as you, uh, empty jars as you can from your friends. So can you guys go and borrow, maybe get like four, five, six jars each from, from your table? And let's, this will be our jar table here. 
So, so collect, uh, so these are glasses, obviously they're not jars, but uh, they'll be close enough. That was an exercise mat I was using this morning, not an actual bed mat, so we're able to. <clears throat> thank you, thank you so much. Borrow as many as you can. And so she takes her flask of oil. <clears throat> she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing her jars to her, and she filled one after another. Soon, every container was filled to the brim. Now, this is not a magic trick. This is not actually going to work. This is just, you have to use your imagination. <laughs> yeah. some, of, some of you are wondering, like, wow, this is going to be great. Oh, That's perfect, yeah, that's good. So, so she's got one flask, she's got one uh, container of oil, and now uh, Elijah has just, just kind of started to say, you know, you don't just have this anymore. Now, now the, your potential has really skyrocketed, and you can take, take this, this flask of oil that you have and begin to fill each one. So she takes this one, she fills the first one, and, it's, and some of you are still looking like, is it gonna fill it? Hey, hey. We could, we, we could try it if you want. Let's see what God does. Let's see. Let's see. Fills that one, fills that one. Uh, but this thing, it doesn't run dry. Yeah. The, 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 the resource never ran dry. The, the, the place she gets the stuff to, to overcome the but now is an unending source. It's an unending source. It never, it never shall run. It, it has enough for every but now. There's nothing in your life that God doesn't have the resources to pour into and fill it up. The desires that seem empty now inside of your heart, the family that you'd hoped for, the dreams that you had, the, the destiny that God called you to, the church that you're trying to build, the ministry that God has designed uniquely for you, the gifts and calling in your life. It feels like, man, it just feels so empty right now. There's, and there's threats about it, and it's just not working. And God's saying to you, how many jars do you have? Fill them up. Bring, bring different jars. Bring, bring different jars. Bring, bring, bring a jar of... Bring a jar, if you want, of, 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 of preaching. Bring a jar of intercessory prayer. Bring a jar of working miracles. Bring, bring, bring a jar of starting teen challenge centers around the country. Bring, bring as many as you want, as many as you can. Some of you are looking at me like, you're going to break those glasses. Those, are, those don't belong to you. Those belong to teen challenge, Gary. Put those down. Those, I support teen challenge, and I do not want glasses broken because you're missing your miracle. Borrow as many as you can. Prepare, believe, work as hard as you can. Not for just enough, but more than enough. Don't, don't just work to get satisfied. Get work to get satiated. Get work to, to, to get to the cup overfloweth. So you run, my cup runneth over. These jars are, they represent our, our needs, but they are also represent things that God is ready to fill. Things that the Holy Spirit is about to do. When you and it, and it says here, she went in and the, the prophet told her, shut the door behind you. That's that representation of prayer. Man, just pray over these things. God, you called me for my, to touch my family. You called me to touch this city. You called me to touch this nation. You called me to set drug addicts free. You called me to preach the word of God. You called me to intercessory prayer. You called me to pray for the sick. You called me to uh, meet all my needs financially. You called my marriage to be strong. You called me to be a good father. These are, there's a lot of cups to be filled in our life. 
but there's an unending source. And, and, and so she shuts the door. She seeks the face of God. And all of a sudden she starts pouring. And she starts pouring. And she goes, this is brilliant. This is amazing. This is what, it looks, sons, this doesn't, it doesn't stop. This is, look, look. Every jar you brought me is full. I'm so excited. Bring me another jar. But there's no other jars in the house. This is the most frustrating part of this chapter for me. Because she still had this. And now she just didn't have a place to put it. She, she just ran out of... Uh, this, this is her container. Containers of faith. Containers of hope. Containers of confidence. Containers of the future destiny that they were ex- the expectation for. And they kind of... No offense to you guys. You had a great faith. Let's put our hands together for our two sons. They did a great job. Not trying to offend you here, but but I might anyway. Uh, The the family, she pours the last one, and then it says, and then the oil ran out. It ceased to flow. The container of faith could have got more. Now, I know you're thinking, well, you know, you're getting to that American hype culture where everything's about more and bigger and and better. I don't mean it for self-grandulizing, self-glory, self selfish ambition, but I do mean it for the kingdom of God. I do mean it for your children. Your children can see more faith in your life. Your marriage could become more a shining example of God. The more in the sense of more love for Jesus, more prayer life, more faith, more confidence. Just fill all these jars. Fill them to to the brim to where they can't anymore. And so this is the horrible word. Bring me another jar. She said to one of her sons, there aren't any more. He told her, then the olive oil stopped flowing. Faith, not limitations, determines, that's number three, faith, not limitations, determines your fullness. You see what I'm saying? Your faith determines how many jars you're going to bring. Maybe, maybe you're a five-jar person, a ten-jar person, a twenty-jar person, but what God is saying to you is there's more. He has more for you. He, he's a God who wants more for you. That's why he talks about the words like abundance, the abundant life. The more, it's the more life, more of him, more faith, more boldness, more confidence, more, more anointing. He wants you to have that more than you want to have it yourself. What do you have in your house? I don't have anything. I don't have any anointing. I don't have any faith. I don't have any prayer life, except I have a little bit. But go get more. Go gather more. Get as much as you can. Her sons kept bringing her jars. You will get filled up to the degree you're faithed up. You'll get filled up to the degree that you're faithed up. The f- being faithed up is how many jars are you going to bring to the Lord? I'm going to bring every jar that is imaginable to the Lord. Every threat that I have in my life, every sense of being overwhelmed, every battle that I, is, is on the horizon in my life, I'm going to bring that to the Lord as a jar and say, Lord, you're going to fill it up. You're going to fill it up with the overcoming power against that thing that's threatening me. You're going to f- supply all the resources that I need. Hallelujah. Somebody shout amen. amen. This is good news. All the resources that you need are available. It's an unending supply. Do you hear me? Yeah. Nothing, nothing at all hinders you from receiving everything that God has for you. 
He is not holding back. He is not withdrawing his power, his presence. The, the, the need that you have, the but now in your life, is a small thing compared to the glorious power of God. He's not going to leave you stuck in that. But he's asking you this one thing. How much will you bring it to me? How much will you let me fill it? Are you going to stop and just con- get... Uh, Uh, worried and anxious and stressful and fearful and rehearsing the things till the fears begin to explode or are you going to bring that cup to me? And when you bring that cup to me, I'm going to fill it and have no limit. Could you imagine the reality of what this message is telling us? That in Christ Jesus, you have no limitations. Jesus is bursting your limitations. The only limitation you have is what you are willing to bring to the Lord. Because sometimes we withhold things from the Lord. This is me. I got to worry about this. I got to work this out. I got to fix this. I got to make this better. I got to use my, that's just called the flesh. And Jesus is saying here, bring it to me and I'll fill it. I'll fill it to the full. I'll fill it to overflowing. You'll have more resources, more than you ever dreamed or imagined in your life. Far beyond what you think, what you dream, what you believe, what you imagine. I'm going to take it. I'm going to increase. God is the God of increase. Bring me another jar. I love that phrase. But I, but I want to have another jar. How many sons, how many jars are left out there? A lot. You don't have, you don't have to go anywhere. It's too late now. No, you're... Do you get the picture? This is, this is what they have in the house now. But what could they have? They, they could have had every, every one of your jars could have been up on this table. Of course, I told them not to get them all because the illustration would not have worked if they were all up here on the table. So it's not your fault. But, 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 it, but this, this table could have been full. We could have had some up here on the stage. We could have had some up on the side. We could have, and, and the resources that we would have had. And you know what's so, so interesting about this? There are some people that actually go get all the jars. You've seen them. I've seen them. One of them was my father. When I looked at my father's life, he was just kind of a guy who says, like, if God said, get as many jars as you can, go out and get as many jars, and that's what he said, go out and get as many jars as you can. I'm not getting six jars, 12 jars, 20 jars, 80 jars. I'm getting, I'm getting every jar I can find. You're not going to have any jars left. I'm going to claim them all. Okay? You, you can go get your own jar somewhere else, but if God told me to go get jars, they're coming off your table and onto my table. You'll, you'll find your own. God will, God will give you supply, but, but I'm getting all that I can. I'm getting all that I can. It's not greedy. It's not selfish ambition. It's, it's a godly hunger. Yeah. Well, I want, you, can, you can have as much of Jesus as you want. Give me all of Jesus. You got a little bit of Jesus over there? Yeah, give me that one. You, got, you can have all the faith that you want. You can be a man or woman of faith. Of, of, of unrelenting, of un, uh, unbounded faith. Just, you, and you can have it. It's all here. Just, just fill it. And the more, you, the more things you bring to Jesus to fill, the more he fills them. It gives you abundant. This is the abundant life that he has for you. In closing, you don't have to live rehearsing these things, that these, these threats this woman was rehearsing. When I, when I travel, when I travel around the, the world, and oftentimes when I visit a new place, I, you know, I'll be in, I'll be in uh, uh, Budapest next week, and... Um, and a lot of places like that, I go there, and the bishop or the leader will, <clears throat> excuse me, will come to me and maybe pick me up from the airport, take me to the hotel, and, and they'll begin to describe their, their city or their ministry. 
And oftentimes, and you probably notice this, Brother Ron, as well, they, they kind of tell you all the bad stuff. Like, we have the number one drug rate in the world, or we're number three in suicide, we're, we're, we're number five in homelessness, we're number seven in low-income families that are suffering from divorce. And I'm going like, don't tell me all that's wrong. Tell me all that God's doing. Tell, tell, me, tell, tell me the miracles. See, I, I don't, you don't, we don't, we're, we're two pastors who are sitting in a car. We don't need to spend this whole next 30-minute drive to the hotel talking about all the bad things the devil's doing. Because we don't serve the devil, we serve the Lord. So tell me what God is doing. The, the cup of homelessness is empty, but God's filling it. We just started a shelter. The, the cup of drug addiction is, is full in your city, but it's getting full of the power of transformation of the glory of Jesus Christ. So, some mats are becoming messages. So, some lives are being transformed and, and because that's what God wants to do. He wants to, f- to fill us. So we're not living from a sense of but now. We're not living from a sense of, tra- of trauma, of terror, of night, terror by day. We're not living by a sense of, of crisis in our life. We're not living by a sense of what can we do. We're not living in a sense of there's, we don't have enough. We're not living by any of those things. We're living by the sense, God, we're putting our faith in you. We're going to bring every need, every but now, every trauma, every crisis. We're going to bring it to you, and you're going to fill it, and that problem's going to be solved, and there's going to be an anointing. And so I am going to pray for you right now that you, whatever your need is, whatever your fear is, whatever the, the, the but now is, whatever the crisis is, I'm going to pray right now that that would not, your mind, you would not be, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I just, I, I demand in the faith of the Holy Spirit that you are not going to be allowed. The Holy Spirit's not going to tolerate. You're not going to be allowed to leave here with fear and worry. Amen. All right? It's just, you're, you're, you're it's, it's, it's God, the Holy Spirit's saying, I'm not going to tolerate. You're going to get up here and you're going to walk out those doors tomorrow and you're going to go like, I am still a little bit worried about that. No, 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 you're not. <laughs> That's, you don't live by your butt now. You live by that full cup. You live by that full cup. He has a full cup for you, church. He has, a, he has a, an abounding, overflowing, overwhelming, unending a resource from heaven, a supply that, that never, ever, ever stops. Offer that to the Lord. Just say, God, I, I give you all my cares. I cast all my cares upon you. And Father, I bring my cup to you and I ask you to fill it up now. Lord, not just an external cup of ministry or family, but my own cup, the cup of my own heart, God. I'm asking you to fill me with, with faith, with grace, with power, with, with an anointing, with a clarity, with vision, with discernment. God, I'm asking you to, to give Holy Spirit power when we're faced with confronting issues that just are so difficult. We feel like all we can do is worry about them, but we're gonna, we're, we're, we believe we've heard from the Holy Spirit prophetically now. That, that you are requiring from heaven. And wherever you, wherever you uh, present a requirement, you always accompany it with the power to accomplish it. So you're requiring us to leave here, casting all our cares on you, all of our anxieties, all of our, imagina- our vain imagination that says, things are gonna get worse, my health is going downhill, the church is falling apart, the elders aren't gonna do this, the, my, my, my prayer life is fading, all those worries that we have, we offer them up to you now as a cup, as a jar. We say, fill it now, Jesus. Fill it right now, Jesus. Fill it, fill it. Leave me with no but nows. 
leave me with no but nows. God, you're preparing something. You're preparing something. Uh, a fresh wind, a fresh fire, a new faith. You're preparing in us in this two days, preparing in us a new confidence to go out of here as Christians who truly believe in the Word of God and the God of the Word. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus, that you're faithful. God, you're faithful. Hallelujah. Lord, we just take a moment to offer all of our cares, all of our anxieties. We place them on you. Church, here's the good news. Look at me for just a moment. Here's the good news. God is not just an absorber of the negative. Sometimes that's how we see him. Lord, I got all these problems. Please take them. Oh, good. You took my problems. Now I feel better. He's not just the absorber of the negative. He's the giver of the more. See, and sometimes we're satisfied with like, take away my worry and my fear, my anxiety, my stress. God's saying, you're not asking enough. That's just the beginning. That's just step one. I want to take away your fear, your worry, your anxiety, your thoughts of the future. I want to take that away. Not just so you're, you have an absence of fear, but that you have the presence of power, that you have the presence of faith, that you have the presence of boldness. You're moving out of something so that you can come into something. It's not enough to come out of something. He wants to bring you, come out of Egypt, but he wants to get you into the promised land. And that's the cups. That's getting filled. Cry out to him. Do you take two minutes right now and just cry out, Jesus, fill my cup. Fill it. Cry out to him. Fill my cup now, Jesus. Pour out your spirit. This is the pouring out of your spirit, God. And I ask you to fill it now in Jesus' name. Every problem turns into power. Every conflict now turns into confidence. Every enemy formed against me shall not prosper. But we're going to see the hand of the Lord. We're going to see the might of the Lord. I thank you, Jesus. We're seeing it. I see it in faith. I believe it. My worries, my fears are just flying out the door. And in its place comes godly confidence, godly faith, godly boldness. In Jesus' name, we believe. Thanks for tuning in today. We really appreciate you choosing the Teen Challenge of Southern California podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, do it today. It's easy. Go to wherever you get your podcasts, click on our icon and hit subscribe. A new podcast filled with godly encouragement, spiritual instruction, and teaching comes out every Tuesday. We know there's a lot of podcasts out there, and we're so grateful that you chose our podcast today. Be encouraged.